river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie. Trackless Podcast. Bob the bow hunter. What's going on, buddy? Oh, just living the dream. About to get out of town for a while. Running around with your head cut off. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it is game time is around the corner. We were able to uh, coax the best Roosevelt elk hunter I know onto the podcast. Um, we had him on episode three. He's a good friend of Bob's, and Bob was working. He was not available for this podcast, but we're going to get him back on with Bob after the season and do some catch up. Yeah, Danny is the man. And I don't know for whatever reason, did you try to go back to episode three? I did not. No, I did. It's, it will only let me go back to number six. Yeah, we don't, we're not very tech savvy. So for some reason, our. <laughs> You can't. We told you to go back and listen to episode three, but we got to figure out why. Why it's only storing that many? I don't know. Maybe we need to up our. Is it, thing. It's that way on iTunes. Is it doing it on Androids as well? I don't know. It's that way on Podbean and iTunes. Bean, yeah. I check, so anyway, yeah. uh, So we'll give you a good new one with him. He's the man. Yeah, Dan Godfrey, the Roosevelt Elk Slayer. For sure, uh, I pick up. Every time I get together with that guy, I pick up a, a little bit of information. Um, this interview happened in my living room, and Dan is the best storyteller ever. Yes. And I wish this was being recorded because we were sitting like 10, 12 feet apart. And when he'd start telling some of these elk stories, I think there's three good elk stories in there. He'd stand up. And he'd be looking at me in the eyes and he'd take a step closer to me. And, and as the story progressed, it would end with him in my face. It was really intense. And I was like, the first time it caught me off guard. And the second time I was like, he's going to do this again. This is awesome. <laughs> and uh, the third time I was like, I'm, I'm asking for another story and see, see if we get it again. And so, yeah, he's just got a lot of passion. The guy's awesome. Yeah. He loves, he loves being in the woods. He per, pretty much lives at the woods and yeah. As far as a hunter, I don't think you could possibly find a better one. He is just a good good man for sure. Yeah, he's just really, really um just a savage, just a real hard, uh go at it hard kind of guy and, and just always happy and yeah, he's just a great dude. And um I think if you guys listen to, to some of his uh his stories you're gonna pick up uh on what it's like to be in the jungle and, and you know the guy gets it done inside of 12 yards every single year. So there's something to be learned here for sure. Heck yeah. So in that, we have got an awesome giveaway. and We haven't done a giveaway here in a little bit, and we've got a really good one. So, Bob, tell them about the giveaway. Yeah, we had uh, Hiko Ito Custom Knives donate another knife to give away to our Patreon members. And yep, out of the great of state of Hawaii. Yeah, and uh, John Alston, he won. We drew his name, so I'll be shipping that off today before I leave. And, uh, yeah, those knives, if you guys 
want a really nice custom knives, look them up on Instagram and look back on some of ours. The pictures we posted, they're just incredible. And we appreciate You got spelling on that for guys that are looking for it on Instagram? Um, Actually, I just... Yeah, let me look it up. I just dropped his card in the box there for John. This, this is the second time he sent us a knife. He, I mean, his knife... I've got to buy one. They are stunning. They yeah. They look so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's H I K O underscore I T O underscore custom underscore knives. So just like it sounds, Hiko Ito custom knives made in Hawaii. And yeah, just take a look. I mean, they yeah. have everything too. They got kitchen knives. You want to get your wife something real nice? Bam. Awesome. Well, we appreciate uh, all the Patreon supporters. Thanks, John, for supporting the podcast. We hope you enjoy that knife. Um, thanks for everyone that has uh, also been sending us stuff to give to our Patreon supporters. We appreciate you guys. And I hope you guys have an awesome, fun, fun and safe hunting season this September. And if you're hunting elk, you're going to really enjoy this one. Dan Godfrey. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Good to see you. Been a while. Oh, my pleasure's all mine. Uh, we live about oh, 45 minutes apart, hour apart. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We seem to be good at phone calls once a once a quarter. Yeah. Pick up where we left off. That's yep. the kind of friends I like. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then it increases this time of year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got the same. We have the same passion when it comes to yeah. August and September. Yeah, what have you been up to, man? Well, been working pretty steady. Um, my youngest boy actually just went into the service, so very good. Me and my wife took some time off and ran him up to Portland and got him all squared away there. And then we kind of what out. branch did he go into? He went into the army. Awesome. Yep, they got some crazy bonuses these days um my daughter last night at dinner was like i'm thinking about the air force and i was like that's awesome yeah 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 well he he gets all of his college tuition paid for when he gets out <sighs> that's rad um i don't know there's just there's so many benefits but i'm really proud of him proud but, papa yeah yeah i did my time in the army yeah i loved that. it yeah and uh Anyhow, so he's going to get to do the things I didn't get to do. He's going to go airborne. and Yeah, well, we appreciate your service and his as well. That's awesome. Um, I know you've been playing with some flint naps and doing some brain tanning and having some fun this winter. Yeah, I have, James. That is, um, if you're not a flint napper and you want to be, let me tell you, it's, be careful because it's addicting. I come home, and it's like... Uh, you can tune out the whole world. Before dinner's cooked, I can go out there, beat on some rocks for half hour, and the, any job stress, it's gone. No kidding. Um, it's like playing with a Rubik's Cube. Where it's, it's You're always thinking two or three moves ahead. Mm -hmm. So every time you knock a flake off, you're setting yourself up for down the road. And okay. It's so... I mean, maybe the guys that are more experienced can just do it effortlessly, but to really have a good piece turn out, you're... You're so focused on what you're doing. And one wrong stroke will screw the whole piece up. So it, it's just a great way to relax, and uh, it's fun. Have, have you turned down any uh, usable heads? I have. Points? Yeah, I have. And, um, 
you know, I think they, I've, I found enough uh, artifacts. They use some pretty crude pieces and some pretty pieces. So it, it's, you get something with a decent edge on it, it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you going to play with that this year? I have some in my quiver today. I was yeah. going to show you when we go shooting a little okay. bit later. Okay. Right. I'd like to, if I get, you know, something, you know, call something into 10, 12 yards and everything's, uh, if it's real close, I might just try it. So, yeah. Anyhow. Um, so brain tanning, you've been, did you make some moccasins or what? I've made some moccasins now. I made uh, like a trapper shirt. Oh. It's, it's a pullover, but it's, it's, it's a little heavier than I wanted it to be. So it's more like a coat almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually the last couple of weeks I've been cleaning out the freezer and, uh, elk, uh, leather, um, uh, deer, deer. black tail yeah, deer. deer. Um, I do have an elk, uh, bull, my, the last bull, my son shot actually, um, I have that hide I need to do and I want to make moccasins with that, but yeah, that's been really fun. That's something that, uh, that's cool, dude. I've been Next involved level. with. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. So, um, you've been shooting much or I have been here lately. Yeah. I, I'm not shooting too bad. I got a new quiver just the other day and, uh, oh, the weight's kind of a little different than what I'm used to, but yeah. I, I'm getting that all figured out. So. Yeah. Holds a lot of arrows, man. It's the old, it's a, it's an old bear quiver. Oh, nice. You know? Everybody told me, well, they're so loud, you know? Well, the quiver I had before was pretty stinking loud, I guess, because this quiver, I snap it on and man, it's, it's quiet. So, cool. And it holds a lot of ammo. Okay? <laughs> it holds a lot, of, yeah. a lot of elk ammo, huh? <laughs> There's room for a couple blunts in there and still have lots of broadheads. So, uh, How many does it hold? It holds eight. Oh, I mean, okay. We're going old school, man. <laughs> the little hoodie, you know, where everything's supposed to, eight arrows fitting in that little tight hood is kind of a challenge. But yeah. uh, anyhow. <laughs> what, uh, what's your arrow setup? Um, uh, I, I like about a 615 grain uh, cedar shaft. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still in love with bear razors. Yep. Um, you know, back in the nineties and stuff, we shot a, mostly aluminum with the super razors. And, yeah. uh, but now I just pretty much anytime I can get those old green bear razors, that's my thing. I love those. Yeah. They're not the toughest head, but, uh, you know, that little bleeder in there. I like that. Yeah. I like the fact that it breaks or falls off if you hit bone. And the best feature to those old bears is they're easy to sharpen. Yeah. Yeah. Real easy to sharpen. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Our friend Gary Wallace, he's always got a quiver full of those. Oh, yeah. Old Gary. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Gary's actually gave me lots of the old green ones. So he's, I'm, I'm going to drag him. I've got, he agreed to doing a podcast. So oh, good. Well, that's I'm good. I'm going to sit him down. We're going to talk a little bit about tracking elk because that's something that we know that Gary is uh, passionate about. And, yeah. Um, Gary's been doing this bow hunting for as long as anyone I know, and yeah. he's got a lot to bring to the table. So I'm, I'm excited to hear that. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, there's so many things I want to talk about. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I brought up tracking there. Um, you, you know, maybe, maybe tell the listeners a little bit more about, um, before we dive into that, uh, you know, a little bit more about what you do and, what you're up to, you know, as, uh, um, you know, working for the, would you work for the state? Uh, it's actually a federal program. Federal I, program? Yeah. It's uh, wildlife services. They, we fall under the USDA umbrella now. They've dropped the wildlife services. I work for the USDA. Oh, USDA now? Yeah. But, um, 
you know, years ago they just called us government trappers. Um, anyhow, so yeah, anything yeah. with wildlife conflicts, with wildlife animals, conflicts, yeah, yeah, damage, you know, um, whatever, agriculture damage, uh, timber damage, uh, backyard bears, as you know, yeah, you yeah, know. we had a, we had a backyard bear terrorizing our neighborhood, and Dan sent one of his uh, one of his guys up here to uh, remove the bear. Yeah, well, there's been uh, a I handful caught, of them from this Yeah, I caught two or three right here myself, um, just up the road. So, yeah, yeah. It's, James is living in some bear-rich country right here. For sure. Did your partner tell you about the one that we caught here? It was a big bear. Right? It was a big one. Yeah, and I was worried because it was pretty close to the road. Yeah. And, yeah, it's anyhow, we want to... We want to get those bears out of the traps as fast as we can. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, and how are the dogs doing? Dogs are doing good. Um, how yeah. uh, How's the uh, – I think you had kind of a younger crew the last few years. Are they – they're coming up pretty good? Or? Well, yeah, that must have been a few years ago. Yeah. More than a few. There's, yeah, yeah my, my best dog's eight now, so okay. he's, he's – getting older but i've got two puppies right now okay cool so i'm always you had a litter or you got them from friends um i had the stud dog general uh -huh. yep and then general bred uh, to a good friend of mine nice dog and anyhow i'm excited i got two pups to work with and they're coming up yeah so nice oh that's awesome so dan spends a lot of time in the woods um what were what i was leading to here um doing the trapping and and uh, all the all the work that's associated with what he does, it puts him out um, outdoors all the time. And um, he's pre-warned me not to brag on him too much, but the guy has a way. You know, you have a way uh, in the woods. I mean, it's it's really cool to see how you see things, um, and it's just a pleasure to be out there. Uh, whenever I get a chance to go out there with you, it's awesome. I learn so much. Um, let's. Uh, Let's get into some elk hunting, man. Let's talk about some tracking well, and some calling and some bugling. And I'll tell you what, uh, the drive over here, I was I was on the phone making work calls and stuff. I took the day off, but I, I, I basically I got a I'm on call with that phone all the time. So yeah. the whole 45 minute drive, I've been on the phone, and it's hard to get my mind wrapped around. Okay, we're going to go into this podcast. I need to be thinking about that and. My head's swimming with all this other stuff. I get out of the car. James rips off a bugle and a grunt. And, I mean, it sounded like a – I can't even bugle that good. It was awesome. And I'm like, wow, that just took me right back. Okay, let's talk elk hunting now. So that, that was, got me fired up, man. That, that was by design. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's it's – what are we now? August eleventh, um, I think it is. Yeah, 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 it is coming. We can smell it. It's just around the corner. Yeah, my my cousin was out last night, and he said he saw a bull rubbed out already. So yeah, there's so. been quite a few bulls rubbed out. Yes, yeah, so. um, I've seen quite a few uh, bulls here and there rubbed out early. So yeah, so that yeah. they start rubbing out. Hey man, it's time to yeah. really get excited. And then season about. here in Oregon's pushed forward six days because of the way the the calendar works okay so we gotta I, I think that's a good thing you know we're going the season goes longer and they're messed with not so soon yeah and so they seem to fire up for opening weekend nice oh man yeah yeah look, looking forward to it i yeah i've been out some um been doing some hikes down in some of the canyons around my house and uh i've got a couple trail cameras out and just getting them all up and batteries 
you know, retuned up and stuff. But I know where some bulls are. Get some inventory. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I seen some. Uh, I seen some bulls the other day off of Highway 101. There was, uh, I think there were six or seven of them, and one of them was just an absolute toad giant, huge, mature monster bull. They were all in the velvet, and they were down there where uh, 101 splits Coquille Band. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I started like got out my phone and my Onyx and I was trying to figure out you know oh, can I hunt these bulls I mean everyone can see them yeah this I've is, seen them I've seen yeah, them too. everyone can see them <laughs> yeah and, and so it's like it's no secret but I'm checking it out and I'm like oh that timber company so I got a hold of them and they're like yeah well we're blocked by this company and that company and that company I'm like well can I you know buy a walk-in permit and then take a boat in they're like no we won't allow you to do that and I couldn't find any way. Uh, I'm sure someone's got a way to him, but I couldn't find my way to him. I, I know a couple guys, and this was years, this was several years ago, but yeah, they were taking a boat from Green Acres yep. and going up, and they spent the night in there. Yep. And uh, bulls bugling all night around yeah. them. They killed a couple bulls in yeah. there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy game down here where James and I live and hunt uh, with the different timber companies. Yeah, um, I was telling guys like, um, I have some friends coming from California and I have, I have a friend coming from Hawaii to come out and hunt, hunt elk. And I'm not going to have a lot of time to hunt with them, but I'm just setting them up, telling them places to go camping and where they can find elk. And, you know, they're friends of mine trying to put them on a good hunt. And um, sending them into the big public land is, you know, good. Some of these little timber company slots and these little places you can slip into and it's can be real territorial over there in some of these, you know, Oh boy. Yeah. You know, well, that's what, yeah, our area, yeah. the way it's chopped up with it, it's private land, you know, private timber lands. And, um, and you know, they've got young foresters that bow hunt too. Yep. And that's their elk. Yeah. And, uh, the, the public might be able to walk in on some of it, but, oh yeah, it's, it's and Some of it, you got to buy permits here and some of it, uh, there's no permits even available and some of it, they got leases on. I mean, it used to be, we could just walk into all of it back in the day, but oh. now it's, you got to really know what's going on. And, and, and then even if you get permission to walk in, like you said, they might just drive right on in and. It's very complicated, yeah. And uh, I, I know all the people that's got the yeah. the haves and the have nots is what we say. And I know a lot of the haves. Yeah, I'm a have not. But uh, <laughs> um, anyhow, it is interesting around here. It's uh, it's pretty tough. The competition is stiff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you got to know where you are at all times. Yep. Um, you got to be creative too. You got to be creative. That's right. And you just got to hunt hard. Yeah, Roosevelt's are. You see a lot of guys, um, I, there was a famous um, episode of uh, Primos where Will Primos comes out to the powers unit, mm -hmm. and I think he's even hunting on private property, mm -hmm. and he kills like a little raghorn bull, and he's like so proud, you know, and this, yeah. he's, those guys are all into the giants and stuff, and, and yeah. he's like, this thing's getting mounted. This is a, the hardest earned elk. He's like, you boys out here. You earn these elk. It's it's a uh, it's a whole different world. Yeah, he said if you can kill an elk here, you can kill one anywhere. Yeah. I, I know the guys that took him on those. On, on I the figured you did, and uh, I've got to hear some of the the backstory to all that. <laughs> and anyhow, it's a crack up. But uh, they hunted his butt off. They so, did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, Coos Coos uh, Coos Tucky style. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's rad. Um, so have you ever hunted Rocky mountain elk? I have not. 
no, my brother keeps trying to drag me over to the Eagle Caps yeah. and my cousin. And I, I want to go over there, like after I've killed one here, hopefully killed one here, and then just go over there and be a packer and caller and enjoy it that way. Right. I'd like to do that first and all the stress of yeah. trying to kill an elk and every time. I don't, where's the salmonberry brush? Where's the sword ferns? Where's the moss and water? And you know, I mean, I don't know. I've never, I've seen their pictures. It's beautiful and all that. And they're hunting off their back the entire time. Yeah. It's but, fun. It's fun. I've done it once and uh, I'm going uh, back to do wilderness hunt this year. It's awesome having the camp on your back and just being yeah. out in the mountains. It, it's a different experience for sure. Well, I, I think this year I'm going to try to incorporate some of that the camp on your back stuff around, the, around I, here. I am too. I yeah. am too. There's places. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit today when we're shooting, um, some of that talk, yeah. but yeah, there are some, I'm starting to look at some bigger places that, uh, maybe aren't necessarily wilderness, but they're just too gross to go into for a day hunt. Too hard to access. Yeah. For, yeah. But I mean, get out there in the middle of the night, night. and spend the night, night on a ridge and, the elk and rip your bugle, bugle off, off from your sleeping bag. And, with them. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some of that this year. I mean, I thought about, like, maybe I should scout some of that this winter and look at that for next year. And I'm like, man, I should just go in the middle of the season for a night or two into some of these spots, like, without, you know, just head on in there blind that's the best scouting you're going to get in season to see if they're what they're doing in there. Yeah. 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 It's tough though to, to manage, um, wanting to go to your scouted spots or going into like blind into spots. Like how, how do you go about that? Well, I've, I, I hunt the same areas that I've hunted since I was a kid for the most part. I mean, the units change and whatnot, new roads get put in, but and you've lost uh, a lot of it too, though. I'm sure. A lot of it. Yeah. Some of my, some of the stuff that's the closest to my house. Yeah, yeah you got to have a lease, and there's on, on, only so many leases that they've let go. Um, and the guys that have them, you know, they've got it filled up, and they're yeah. not. There's not too many slots to even if you want yeah. to lease it. But uh, anyhow, but no, I'm out there, you know, year round. Anyways, I'm looking right. and trying to keep track of what's going on. But uh, I am fortunate that way, where I. I know the ground pretty good or within an hour of my house anyway is where I mostly hunt. So, well, uh, let's, uh, why don't you tell us, uh, how last year went for you? <laughs> well, last year, I didn't get to hunt much last year, James. Um, but it's a good thing. Yeah. I, it was, uh, just a couple days before the season started. I was like, man, I've, I don't really quite know exactly where I'm going to go, but he was telling me this and I was like, really? Like he's, maybe he thinks I want to like piggyback on him. Or something. <laughs> he's telling me he hasn't gotten where to go. I'm like, I'm not trying to piggyback on you. I was just wondering if you got it figured out or not. Well, uh, but well, what I meant was, is I didn't have a bull that just nailed down that I was babysitting type of thing. I mean, I, so I just thought, okay, where did you really get into him the most last year? Where was, you know, and, uh, I went into this spot a couple days before season, walked up in there, and I mean, here's all this elk sign. It's it's hot it's in the middle of the day and all that, but there's this dusty spot, and I just took my foot and kind of kicked it all out. Well, I thought, okay, opening morning, I'm going to come here, 
And I hiked back up in there. And you didn't see elk. You just knew they were in there. It was good I didn't need to see them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just stunk like a stunk. Yeah. Like, you were like, they're here right now. Yeah. They're, they're in here. Yeah. I, from, from this jump off point, you know, for the weekend, I ought to be able to get on. So something. at what point, I, I think a um, less experienced guy would have kept mo- trampling that place so, till he got to put his eyes on them. Like uh, once you knew they were there, you just turned and got out of there. You know, like where we because you were a couple days before season. Yeah, it's close enough. There, yeah. w- even if they got bumped out of there, I'm gonna be. No. On, I'll, I'm gonna find them. Right. And uh, anyhow, I uh, I went back into that spot. And how many animals were you guessing were, were there? Just curious. There was by a the her- sign. There was probably a herd of a dozen. You know, and then satellite elk. Yeah. Um, but you knew that just by look, reading the sign. You think. Yeah, and there were yeah. some rubs and yeah. stuff. I mean, so here's fresh alder tree all rubbed yeah. up. That's all you need to see, yeah. right? I mean, it's still yeah. it's still bright orange. Still bright I orange mean, green. holy cow, that'll get yeah. me excited. Well, anyhow, and this was that was the first year. So Tanner had gotten married, my uh, my oldest boy, um, from the previous prod, podcast yep. you did. They, and, yeah. He married a bow hunter. Oh yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. he's married into a hunting family too, yeah. and. Uh, his wife is, man, she's something. She's the real deal. She's a hunter. She's a hardcore hunter. That's cool. And uh, so anyhow, back to last year, though, I didn't have Tanner with me. I was by myself. And uh, I hiked up into this spot. And the very, I'm getting ready to peek over this edge and look. And it's pretty foggy, too. Um, but I tiptoe up to that spot where I had took my foot a couple of days ago and raked all the tracks out. And there's a... Still got foam on it. There was piss, and there was still foam on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, and tracks, you know, all over. And we're one hour in? Not even at this point. I oh. mean, this is, is it still dark? This is No, it's daylight, but barely. I mean, I, yeah. I walked up in Opening here. Opening morning. Yeah, and uh, and I'm worried about – I know some other guys that's going to be hunting in here too. Yeah. And uh, I, the, didn't, I didn't know if they'd went in the night before. I didn't know if they were camped in there. Sometimes that's uh, the problem, having too much information, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but when I when I saw that foam on the pistol, I'm like, oh god, here we go. I thought you better knock an arrow. I mean, when I peek <laughs> over, you better knock an arrow. I did. I pulled an arrow out, and I tiptoed over a little bit further, and I'm looking, and the the fog was probably the visibility was probably about sixty yards, and then I heard a stick pop down there. And by golly, I look, and here's a broadside bull elk looking up, looking through me, kind of looking up. And uh, the wind was good. He didn't smell me or nothing. But I'm looking at an elk, and I'm like, he's 60 yards, maybe a little closer, but 60. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want to shoot, but look at that. And uh, he ends up kind of just feeding and getting further into the fog. And then a second bull, two satellite bulls were hanging together, both young bulls but uh anyhow the, the rest of the morning i spent just trying to get on them and tracking them well i'm going up this ridge and the tracks kind of split off so i i take the right the set of tracks that go to the right side of the ridge i work my way around that and the fog's raised by now and i look out there and i see him he's young four point and it I kind of cow call Adam or whatnot. He's going into some really thick briary, briar choke, salmonberry, skunk cabbage, thick. I, I was lucky I got to see him where I did. 
And I thought, well, let's just see kind of what he does. And I cow call at him. And he's How far is he? He's probably 100 yards, 150 mm -hmm. yards. And he doesn't act interested. And he just kind of browses and then goes away from me. Well, I know I know that the other bull's still on my left because I haven't cut his tracks going across the ridge. So I thought, let's What's just, the visibility? Now the, fo the fog's raised, so you, okay. you can see good. But I'm going up this elk trail up this ridge, and then it hits a road, a dirt road on top. So I thought, well, before I go out, if and so no one is spooked. They've just, or they were just all. Yeah, no, they're just. They don't really know. I was they're there. feeding and they were just heading to bed. Yeah, they're just doing their thing. They're not with the herd. Yeah, uh, and they're not really rutting or anything hard or nothing. But I thought I can always go get back on that little bull, you know, later if I need to. But uh, let's 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 keep hunting. I'm going to go up this ridge and and uh, maybe I'll bump into that bigger one. Oh, so you and, uh, you went looking for the rest of the herd the well there was two satellite okay, bulls two. okay and only one went to the right and the other one's tracks kind of went up and went to the left okay so you're tracking them i'm going up this ridge okay and i know that the bull should be on my left well i get up there almost to the top and i get up there and i'm I'm looking. I don't see anything. I, I got a pretty good vantage point, except for there's one little blind spot, just not far from me. One, one little blind spot. And I was going to blow out a couple cow calls and stuff. And I thought, no, let's let's not do anything yet. Let's check this blind spot. Thank God I did. Well, tell me about this. What do you mean by this blind spot? Uh, I can see pretty good from the top of this ridge. It's a real steep ridge, narrow, and and I can glass if the herd the you know the herd that all, all the sign that I'd seen two days yeah. ago, I thought, well, maybe I'll see them and find a bigger bull rather than these little satellite bulls. Right. So I got good visibility from where I am. And I thought about just, you know, blowing a call or something to see if I couldn't get a bull to answer or whatever. But before I did, I thought you need to just, let's walk over here about 40 yards and peek over this last little okay. spot. And I walk up there, I peek over and here's these bright, bright horns right there probably 35 yards <laughs> bobbing up and down feeding i'm like oh my god he's right there oh, there's a bull no. and i'm just like <laughs> and by, so by now it's probably 10 o'clock oh. 10 o'clock opening day and i'm like oh god and i thought okay i i don't you know i don't really need to range him but there's no shot and i'm like i, I don't depend on a range finder but i took the time to go ahead and pull it out and i ranged the the myrtle bush that he was standing by and it was like 35 yards and i'm like oh, okay okay he's in range i can hit that i've put the range finder back peek back over with it you know arrow on the string ready to shoot a 35 yard shot and i i'm standing there exposed i'm on this ridge um it's fairly new log maybe a two-year logging um most of the hunt was in a more grown-up briar choked 10-year 10 year old reprod mess oh yeah with but but i popped slash out slash on the ground with just, blackberry yeah and, yeah yeah and but but where i'm standing now is i've popped out onto this ridge where this last little piece was a lot newer than that a lot of fireweed you know waist high fireweed and yep. thistles and that type of stuff yeah well okay so i've ranged them 35 yards i got arrow knocked I'm mentally ready. I stand back up. I know he can see me if he just looks this way. And I'm looking, looking down, and I don't see him. I do not. And I'm like, oh, God, where is he? 
Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I don't see any movement. I don't see. And uh, I'm just, I'm feeling totally exposed. All of a sudden, I hear a stick pop just straight under me. This ridge is really steep, okay, James? Yeah. Right directly under me, almost past me, almost now past me. He was out to my right. Well, now I hear a stick pop directly below me and, and passing me. And I look down, and it's less than 20 yards. And here's this bull elk walking. You can't even see the trail because it's so steep and the fireweed's so tall. But this bull's walking on a, an old road from like the 50s or whatever. An old, yeah. just a, it's an elk. It's elk. a trail now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, God, there he is. And, uh, I've already got the arrow on the string. I'm fully exposed. I know he's going to see me. And I just raise my bow up, and I start, as I'm pulling my bow back, I'm swinging with him. And all of a sudden, I, in the corner of my eye, I mean, I'm just focusing on that hairline. I want to hit that spot, you know what I'm saying? And I'm pulling back, and as he's walking, um, a myrtle wood that they didn't get slashed, it's probably a big old myrtle. 20, well, it's not. It's not big. It's probably 20, 25 foot brush is what a, a it big is. Bush. And he's walking. I'm like, oh no! And that's halfway between us. As I'm pulling my bow back, following him, but his rack swings, and I see him start to look up the hill just as my middle finger comes to the corner of my mouth, and I'm there, and he just barely clears that myrtle halfway. I see that hair. I hear the hairline right here. I pull back. I get it there just as his whole rack turns to look up at me, you know, and I'm like, too late. Let her rip. And I mean, that arrow hit it and the fletching disappeared and he spun in his tracks, kicked up a kicked up a plume of dust and crash, boom, and out of sight. It's it's so the way it was, it was so steep that he was out of sight immediately and I just see this dust cloud and the fletching hit right where I was looking, and the sound sounded good. Arrow's gone, and I'm like, oh, my God, did that just happen? That's how fast it happened. I'm like, did that, did that really just happen? And I, I'm standing there. I, I, I walk over and get on a stump where I can see a little bit better, and I hear a cough. I mean, that quick, I just hear a cough. cough you know, and I'm like, oh, boy, I know what that sounds like. And I'm like, I can't believe it. I, <laughs> I, I just thought, I killed an elk. I just killed an elk opening day this is probably you know less than less than four hours into opening day and uh i just picked up my cell phone and called my dad right then and there i just thought hey dad he's like yeah what's going on you getting after anything you know dad i just killed an elk well where are you i'll come help you (laughs) i'm like that's my dad for you he's uh my dad's oh he's probably 78 now oh my gosh that that is so awesome um we don't he doesn't actually come bow hunting with me, but yeah. but uh, he loves to be. Loves a part. an after party. He loves to be a part of it yeah. in some way, and uh, I hadn't even recovered the bull. I haven't even walked down to to look at anything. But I called him and told him where I was, and oh, I, I want to come, and and uh, it wasn't even going to be a hard pack. But he he wanted to come out, and I was glad that he did. So we made those plans, and then I. I waited. I still waited, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And uh, then I tiptoed down there. And you can see where he just spun, kicked all the dirt clods up. And here's my arrow shaft laying about, oh, 10 yards down the trail, covered in blood. It, it passed through, but then hung up on the fletchings. And he ran and shook it out on the far side. But, but I grab it, and the arrow's just straight as can be, covered in blood still. And I look down there, and I'm not kidding you, probably... 50 yards from where I'm standing, here's a dead elk. 
I'm like, oh my God, there he is. I mean, there ain't no tracking involved. There ain't no nothing. He's just, it's over. Just it, like that. Game over. And uh, my dad shows up a little bit later and uh, we just enjoyed scanning it and talking about old hunts and, and uh, you know, he'd hold the meat bag open and I'd stick the L-cam in there and we'd, the whole thing was, it was just, it was really special, me and my dad. And uh, I took a picture of him when we got out, um, him holding the bowl. He, he packed the head, and he's, he's got it upside down, and he's wearing a white T-shirt. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah, <laughs> I got to get a picture of you. But uh, I blew that picture up. It's in my dog building and all my hunting pictures. But, yeah, here's my dad still packing elk at 78, you know. That so. is so awesome. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty special. So you've got the best pack out stories. I think on the first episode, you tell one where you call the, the, uh, down to the junior high or the high school and they pull your boys out of school and send them up the hill to pack elk. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, that only happens in small town America, I guess. Yeah. Well, remember the, uh, the principal wrote a note, you know, dad needs help packing elk. Let the boys out of class or whatever, you know, <laughs> I kept that pass. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're in a different time now though. They're all they're you know, Tanner's married, Tucker's in the army and and I'm back to the Lone Ranger, I guess. Hunt, your hunting partners have gone away. Yeah. We're we'll, we'll, we're gonna get to do a meal deer hunt. Uh, me, Tanner and his new wife. So I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to the Steens for ten days. Uh, you guys gonna backpack in there? Or? We're gonna be prepared for that. Some uh -huh. spike outs. Um, hunted the Steens one time years ago with my brother, um, and of course we're talking to Robert. You know, yeah. Rob, Robert helped me out tremendously Bob. on that. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. But uh, anyhow, that's awesome. So, kind of a transition in your life with the. Because I know that before it was a lot of bow hunting with your with your boys, and and uh, now you're kind of like, well, I'm looking for a kind of a new adventure. I know we've been talking about some new spots, and um, so tell me a little bit about that. I mean, it sounds like you've been hunting the same spots forever and hunting with your boys forever. Uh, um, you're kind of going. You're kind of in a new place. Yeah, it's uh, things have kind of come full circle. Um, when I, you know, growing up hunting with, uh, my dad and brother and, uh, the others in our hunting party and whatnot, um, man, that was so fun. How many years have you been hunting elk? Oh, I, I've been going with my dad since before I could pull a bow back that was strong enough to, to, you know, legally hunt with, um, the, forever. I mean, yeah, as long so as I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, always yeah. liked to bow hunt. I've I've only ever killed one elk with a rifle, and that's when I was in the army. I couldn't get the bow season off, and I got a rifle tag and uh, killed one. And, and how many? And you've only gone what? How many have you years have you been skunked? How many goose eggs? Um, there's been t maybe three. Three goose eggs. Yeah, there was. I had a one eight year span where eight years in a row, and then I got. You're, how old are you? Uh, turned forty seven this year. Forty seven. Yeah. So that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty impressive resume, uh, rec record. I should or I shouldn't say record. Uh, pretty impressive statistics there. Not very many guys take Roosevelt bulls. Well, uh, I, 
on a day, year in, year out basis. I'm no trophy hunter, James, and I like to eat elk. So. Amy Roosevelt yeah. is a trophy. Well, in the when I first switched to traditional archery in '94, I um, I shot a few cows too, and and uh, my dad used to tell me cow elk eats the best, anyways. You know, so oh, yeah, any elk, you know, but yeah, so they haven't all been big bulls. But uh, no, I love the bull hunt. Uh, um, yeah, I've done a lot of it. That's I save up my vacation time for elk season, and uh, all these years, that's what we look forward to year round. So, so when you go into a um, a blind spot like the story you just told, um, you know, not one of your regular spots. You just rolled in there, read the sign, got on the elk. Um, is it? Do you use calling t- to locate elk, or is it always find the fresh sign first? Um, you know, walk me into uh, how you go about locating and, and finding the elk. I I probably call more than than a lot of people do. Um, I, I you know I do a lot of cow calling, but I do a lot of bugling too. Uh, I I rely on calling a bull in. That's the way I like to hunt. And you hear a lot of people talk about, well, they're not rutting yet, or they're not talking yet, or that's all BS. From day one, they'll, they are, you can call a bull in opening day. Yeah, the uh, testosterone starts when the oh, velvet comes man, off. Yeah, it's yeah. like this year with it starting later, especially. But no, I I rely on calling quite a bit. You know, um, I've spot and stalked them too, or like that story there where you, that was just kind of a luck, a them, luck yeah. thing or whatever. You yeah. know, but well, you were pretty much tracked them to that spot. Uh, that was yeah that happened to be the bull that i first seen at 60 yards he was a young five point yeah and then yeah he split off from his buddy and he went up and he was staying on that left side of the ridge and i kind of knew that so i was i was kind of looking for him but i was also looking for the the herd activity and whatnot but that was pure luck as far as all of a sudden finding myself in his lap like that do you have any advice on tracking and trailing in without you know we know that it's a lot easier to be in the winter when you have you know a lot of rain on the ground where they really leave a lot of sign but in in the dry climate of august and september do you have any um you know advice for guys that are learning how to track and trail now are you talking about like after you got one hit no just uh... just 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 finding sign and, and trying to figure out decipher where they've gone you just got to get get in there and find all the, you know, just like anywhere else, find all the freshest elk sign or whatnot. But I got more advice on where when you when you actually hit one. That's what. Um, and, and I think um, what I'm kind of kind of kind of what I guess the question that I'm leading towards is, and you you said it in your story, and it, it comes second nature to you, I think, and it's like you've got this sign and then the kind of the signs kind of petered out. Oh, you see an elk. Oh, he goes in here and you kind of know where they want to be. So you're like, okay, I'm going to follow it up here. Oh, oh, they probably should be over here. I'm going to go, Oh yeah, they are down there. Uh, That doesn't come that comes through, you know, a lot of experience. Um, but I think that that, I mean, is that fair to say that? Yeah, I think so. I'm just, I, I'm just thinking about that. Like, like back to that story when I say I know that they separated and this bull's to the left and yeah, yeah, and yeah. that blind spot when I and I asked about that blind spot again. I think you you kind of knew that that was a little a pocket. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, maybe I do take some of that stuff for granted. But yeah. I guess when I'm tracking, I visually picture the elk standing in his tracks. Yes. As, yes. as I'm... You you become the elk, right? As, yes. As, yeah, as you're moving through the brush, you picture this big-bodied elk. Yeah, and his behavior with his yeah. horns and how he... Yeah, you're standing there. You can smell mm-hmm. him. You can right. see where he's just you know, fresh sign on the ground right. or whatnot, but he has to take a step. Yeah. No, no matter so much of the places that I hunt, you can't see your feet when you walk. Right. Um, with all the ferns and brush and whatnot, but that elk has to take a step and somewhere within a 30 inch, you know, three yeah, foot stride, there will be a, some disturbance. He can't hardly get through there without making something, um, real hard ground under the reprod where the fur needles are hard and maybe the ground's not steep is some of the hardest tracking, but a lot of times they'll drag their hoof. They'll drag just a skiff of it, okay. you know, uh-huh. um, but yeah, you're taking all that in and I don't move very far. If I'm really, especially a hit animal, I don't move very far without confirming that, okay, this is him. This right. is, this is definitely fresh. Um, but and, back, back and, to my... And it's kind of like that, going back to like the flint napping, like you're talking about, you're setting yourself up, you're, you're, you're one, one play ahead, and it sounds like even in the tracking, you're, you're, you're thinking, where, where is this going to go, and what, what pocket could be up here next, or, or, or whatnot. Yeah, and if you get too far away from the last confirmed sign, and you start hitting little arteries of yeah. other trails here, there, here, there, and pretty soon you get... You know, in our brushy country, even if you get 40 yards, 50 yards from where the, I mean, that's a long ways from where that last yes. sign was. You, you know, I always go back to it that. It could be hard to, 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 to move that 40, 50 yards. Yeah. yeah. That's when you need to go back and go, okay, he had to, he was standing right here. I guarantee it. He had to, three feet from right here, there should be something. And if there's not, okay. Sometimes it's a, it's a process of elimination too, though. Yeah. You track out this little trail. There should have been some better sign than that. Back up. Go back to that other spot. spot. Um, this will get you many times. I've had them several times where the bull goes this way, changes his mind, turns around on his tracks, walks back, and goes another way. And those little – that's what that, – that, that can take sometimes an hour to figure out what had just happened. Yeah. Um, just spending some time with my buddy who's a big tracker um, this year, tracking bear. It was just – incredible uh where you can get stuck somewhere for an hour and then all of a sudden you figure it out yeah and there are all this other signs messing with the sign and yeah you know as a side note but back to being a a hound hunter and cat cat hunter and all that uh bobcats are notorious for you get a jump bobcat race going you got all the hounds on its butt and that thing will run its track It'll, it'll be ahead of the dogs. It'll run out and crouch down, hide under some cover, and the hounds will blow past it, and then it'll turn on its backtrack many times. This is how they shake the dogs a, a lot. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, when they run their backtrack like that, that can really stump the dogs. They'll make a lose, and then they got to figure it out, and then they're running right back where they was. Well, that's kind of the same thing. Whether the elk's doing it on purpose or not, no. I, you know, I think. And, and what I've seen with elk will do, a mature bull, when you put a little pressure on him, he'll leave the group. He'll yeah. just like 
yeah. choose a whole new direction to go in. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll realize like, if you don't see it happen, I've seen it happen with my own eyes, but if you don't see it happen, you follow the group forever and you're like, there's no bull here anymore. Yeah. He, he, he chose not to stay with them. Yeah. Or they'll do some kind of button hook where they got a good vantage point of what's tracking them and they'll be watching you and they'll, they'll see you before you get there. Yeah. I've witnessed that happen once with my brother, big old bull. Yeah. Have you had them do the classic blacktail to you where they, they J hook you and, and then just watch you. <laughs> That's how this one. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's yeah. so fun. In, tracking them really, um, for the guys listening that, that aren't paying attention to that, they're just, you know, trying to, to glass them up or trying to get them through, um, vocalizations. Um, it, it's a whole nother game of fun. Yeah. And you learn, so much like you know like going back to bear hunting you know um my daughter shot a, a nice little bear at the last day of spring bear this season it was her first big game animal. Oh, right super on. awesome cool. and this bluffy thing but it was like we we learned that bears come out into the bluffs and feed on grass and we shot them you know but that week prior tracking that bear in the jungle and seeing where he'd come across a sow and had been doing some breeding and seeing just his lifestyle. And I think that's any animal you choose to, to follow and, and, and track and trail. It really opens up uh, uh, the, what they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of bears rutting and whatnot, have you seen where uh, it's almost like a bull rub, but uh, – a boar's calling card he'll reach up he'll stand up yeah. on a alder or something and bite it turn his bite it yeah 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 so the yeah. guy that i was with we were following this big boar for like six hours and he we came across two of those and he showed me i have pictures of him where he's mocking like yeah and he's yeah. up there and he's pretending like he's biting the tree and he's showing that to me and he also showed me where he where they'll go up to a tree and they'll put a tooth into the root of the tree to just to taste the tree or to test yeah. the tree. Yeah. Or we came across where this big cedar tree was down and it was all tore up and there was a, a, a wallow there and the wallow was all tore up and there was just bare hair everywhere and all the bushes were tore up and you could just imagine him chasing a sow around in there oh, and yeah. grabbing onto her. And, and there was actually a sow when we showed up to the scene and we found it, a bear took off running and she was still there. Like this had all just happened. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That gets back to picturing the game standing in their tracks or standing in whatever they were doing. Yeah, just laying in a, on a buck's bed, you know, or um, uh, when I go out elk hunting, um, I try to pretend like, especially since I'm big into vocalizations like you are, um, I am a bull, you know, and, and I'm, I'm roaming through there or I'm a cow, depending on what yeah. I want to be at the moment. Yeah. And I try to like, think like they are and um i think it makes a makes a difference yeah you're taking it all in you're learning yeah. from them they're yeah. the, they're teaching us you're talking about the beds and, and uh okay why that buck bed here why this bull bed here right and then you get to study and what he's looking at yeah was know? this nocturnal behavior was this yeah um and so uh being able to utilize all of those tricks in your toolbox which i know you've got a, a deep one um, tell us another elk story. Well, how do you, let's see here. I don't, uh, <laughs> uh, put you on the, put you on the spot. I was, I was thinking about more when you said, do you mostly call or what? Um, 
my hunting style is just like that slipping through the woods on you're tracking them and but you, I, i'm you, also calling while i'm tracking if it's and you prefer to hunt alone but you hunted with your boys because you're teaching them to hunt but i mean what's your preferred i love nothing better than to get in one-on-one yeah. with a group of elk and you, you're not worrying about somebody else yeah you're not trying to you know you told them hey i'm gonna go down this ridge and i'm gonna swing around we'll meet down there but halfway down all the sign went this way changes yeah Yeah. so you got freedom of movement by yourself yeah um but no hunting with my boys was very special i i dan he they hooked me on them you know i mean it, it was fun uh so like i said i've come full circle now it's like okay am, yeah. I, am I still into into this as much as i, I used to be in i my can 20s? tell i can tell you're like a little a little you know a little blue a little gray <laughs> a little down um but i know i know what you've just you know you haven't lost it but i know that they've moved on or whatever for now and um uh, alexa finally getting interested in hunting at 14 and you know and going out and and her making that perfect shot on that bear and packing it out now she can't wait to elk hunt and deer oh, hunt that's great she's hunting with the rifle and we're going to move to bow hunting soon um but there's nothing i i can't describe it yeah it, it's it's like you can't describe like all this all these hunts that i go on or i mean they're there's so little value to what it's like hunting with her yeah hunting hunting with your kids is so special um man we've had a lot of fun <clears throat> so transitioning back to the solo elk hunter and uh and your style of elk hunting um are, are do you are you using location bugles and cow calls to to find elk or early season or are you waiting for them to warm up or um no i'll be calling even on opening day but but like we were talking about i try to get in there on the sign and as i'm as i'm hunting as i'm taking a break here or there i'll throw some cow calls out or, you know, a, a chuckle here. So you're not going back to camp in the afternoon. I hunt all day. Yeah. Yeah. hunt all day. Yeah. I've middle of the day seems to be the best for me generally. Well, a lot of times they've been up, you know, especially when yeah. they're rutting, chasing cows all night, they're yeah. tired the first morning hours yeah. and yeah, about midday they're, yeah. they're back up and ready to go again. Yeah. So it, it depends, but no, I try to maximize all the time off I got when I'm out there. So, do you? Um, let's talk a little bit about weather. Um, first, rain is a big hindrance for me. I don't know if it is for you. Like, it seems like for me, um, if the bulls are going good, and all of a sudden it's like the rain just clings the landscape off, and it's like a pause on the show for a few days. Do you find that or? You know, I I don't care to. I like after the rain when everything's fresh and clean and quiet, and like the the signs new and all that. But hunting in the rain when the leaves are the loud, the water dripping off them, I can't hardly yeah, hear them hear bugle. Nothing. Yeah, uh, feathers get wet. And yeah, all that. And, uh, because our forest just holds on to all that water, and so you, even if it's not, if it stops raining, you, you just get drenched. Yeah. It, the rain, the rain won't slow me down from hunting, and I've, yeah. I've actually had a lot of success. But what do you do? Yeah, well, well, how does your game change? You've got to get in close then, as far as trying to locate a bull because they're still there. Just, to, they're still there to kill, but yeah, but you you can't hear them yeah, for all the, the all the noise and whatnot. But it's once you've located them and you're getting in close. The rain's to your advantage now. All that they don't hear is good in the rain either. 
So, uh, you know, that part, it can actually work in, work in your advantage. Um, you don't get, if you don't get a very good shot, you always got to kind of worry about the rain, maybe washing some of the blood out and that that's always mm -hmm. on your mind too. But, um, I don't mind the rain, but I prefer to hunt like after it's rained a pretty good one. You know, if it yeah. rained all night and the next day it's not raining, I I like that. Yeah. But, what about the opposite of that? Like the 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 real extreme heat that we get sometimes. Um, those the real dry and just hot all day long. Yeah, I don't do are, good in heat. But um, do you do you think that they go to the? Are they looking for the coolest place on the mountain? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we get that east wind blowing sometimes. That's the worst. Yeah, and it, then it gets back to you can't hear as good either with the wind blowing and that it, hot. You and know. and it, it seems like, especially when you're hunting your, your local hunts, the places you're used to hunting, and you're used to that northwest wind, that west wind, and you get an east wind, it's like you got to go hunt all your spots backwards. <laughs> yeah, right. You really do. Yeah. But it, it also opens up a few doors. Like, there's a few places that I'm like, never have good wind. You know, I'm like, it's east wind. Like, I'm just going to go try that spot that I never have good wind in. And it, it, it didn't work out, but it, it's a good idea. Yeah. I hunt with uh, my bow in one hand and my windicator in the other right. hand, practically. Remember a few years yeah. ago, we had that east wind for weeks. Yeah, that's terrible. And we had all those fires and yeah. all that smoke coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah, the you just said you, you hunt with your bow in your hand and wind indicator in the other. So playing the wind is not as easy on the coast, not just because of the swirling, inconsistent coastal winds, but like when you're in eastern Oregon – and you check the wind and you want to make like an adjustment, you just go left or right. <laughs> Here sometimes, often, you're on an elk trail and left and right isn't an option. It's like you can either go up this trail or down this trail. Oh, copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are, do you find yourself just leaving the herd when the wind's wrong and trying to come back to them another way? Or like, what, how do you operate? When, it, when the wind is really inconsistent, yeah, you're better off rather than spook them because undoubtedly you're going to get in there and they're going to smell you and then you're going to blow them out. Yeah, I've had to just back out before. You're you're better off doing that. But. Do you, have you ever backed off of them and tried to like do like a giant you know circle around and come in from another direction an hour later? Or? If I got a bull going and he's answering me and he sounds pretty hot, yeah, I. I'll do whatever it takes to get the wind in my favor. And if I got to, even if it kind of confuses him, like, what's he doing? I mean, yeah. I've left. I went clear to the other side of the canyon. I've shut up for two hours to get over there and then come in from another oh, side. Yeah. So, um, so that does get him a little confused, though? Well, I, you know, I, yeah. I can't. I would think so. Yeah, I can't imagine. He, yeah. He's probably thinking, why is that, why'd that bull not come in? Because I've noticed that if I go, can go right at him, he stays, like, real fiery. And then I, the wind gets wrong, and I do exactly what you just said. It, I, I don't, I'm wondering, do I confuse him or did I lose him? But I, it usually doesn't, like, it's tricky. Like, I, I have a real hard time relocating him when I go to try to do that. Yeah. Or, or he loses interest, or he's like, why did that just happen? Yeah. Oh, it's all a game, man. And yeah. every, everyone's different. But, and it's almost here. So, yeah, I am getting pumped up about so it. So, what are your, like, do you have any tricks? Do you switch 
um, from cow sounds to bull sounds or, you, you know, do you have any tricks when they lose interest and you've had them interested? You know, um, used to mix in a lot of cow calls with the bugles and all that, but more and more, if I, if, if I got a bull to answer me and I'm going to him, I don't, I don't do the cow calls like maybe, maybe I used mm-hmm. to more. I just, I want him to think I'm just a young, dumb satellite bull and oh. I'm coming in. And, uh, I think that works better. And in our area, you know, everybody cow calls so much. Um, so I, I think the cow calls got overplayed a lot where I hunt, at least where there's lots of competition. The first time you bust them or you step on a stick and they all look up, everybody blows a cow call. I mean, same here. I've done it forever yeah. too, but I think in the Tioga unit, man, you blow too many cow calls. You're, they think you're a hunter practically. So if I get one to answer me with a with a chuckle or bugle, then I kind of stick with that. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, the Roosevelts favor chuckling quite a bit. And like we were talking about before we t- turn this recorder on, um, with the competition out there listening too, I don't. Yeah, I bugle, he bugles. That's uh, okay. He's over there. Yeah, that's that's all I need to know. I don't want him to answer again, and I'm not going to blow any more bugles than I have to. I want to get. I want to close that gap as quick as I can before somebody else hears it. And, um, and you know, many times they're, they're not, the competition's not screwing you up. They just, they're right. coming in too. So it's not that they're doing it on purpose, but yeah, I don't, that bull doesn't need to talk any more than once I know where he's at and vice versa. So, so, uh, how, how close, what's the closest call in? I had one bull that I didn't kill that I actually, this is a pretty good story. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. And I didn't kill this elk, James. But yeah. So the evening before, and the wind was really screwy. So this was one of them situations. And it was in a, a hard spot to get to. I didn't think I really had to worry about somebody being there in the morning or that evening messing me up. So instead of pressing it with the wind wrong, I just, I, I just sat back and watched this show. Well, there was two mature five points one was maybe one year older maybe two years older but they were both really nice five points and then there was a a spike too but these bulls would bugle and there was probably 20 25 cows this is sixes unit they got a lot bigger herds in the sixes unit and uh anyhow the bigger five point was so frustrated because the little one would bugle and the, the bigger one would head towards that bugle the other one would button hook around and try to cut cows out. So the next morning, I mean, here's this bigger bull. He was so frustrated with that other bull not standing and fighting and what have you. Well, I show up there and I bugle, and he's he's so pissed. He he bugles back, and and I don't leave. I don't. As he comes in, he's used to that five point doing something different, and he can't never get him cornered. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not leaving, and so he comes. He and he gets probably 40 yards from me up the hill. I'm trying to set up for a 10, 12-yard shot. It's what I like. And I'm just up the hill from the trail. And he's kind of coming in from behind me. So he is a little bit uphill, but it's a wall of brush. Um, he should come down and come right around this elk trail right underneath me is what he should do. Well, he gets, you know, like I said, about 40 yards. And he bugles. And then I, 
I cut him off. I just, I fire right up. And I mean, you know, all this stuff, point your bugle the other way, do this, do that. I I want him to know I'm right here. Come get me. And I just scream right at him. Like I said, cut him off. And he's so, man, is he mad. (laughs) And uh, that other five point had him just so frustrated too, you know. But so here's a bull that's not going to leave. And he just comes charging down. And so I'm like, okay. This is it. This is it. It's all over but the shooting, man. I take my bugle, slide it back over, fingers on the string. I'm looking at my elk trail and crash, bang, boom, brush, cracking, brah, brah. My back is literally up against a wall of brush right here. And I'm like, wait a minute. He ain't, he ain't, he's not coming down to that trail. He's coming right, oh my God, right behind me. I, I turn around and it, the, the little yellow chin patch that they have, yeah. you know? I'll never f- forget that. His head, he had to tilt his head back to poke his head through. He just busts his head right through where my back was at. I lay, I literally have to lay down to give myself room to pull my bow back. I lay down, pull, and I'm thinking, what are you going to do? Let him, you know, I can't shoot him in the neck or the chest. He's just, and he's above me, you know. So I pull my bow back, and I'm like, when he steps over me, I'm going to launch it from, uh, from underneath him. But he's not that dumb, man. He pokes through, and his eyeballs, I watch his eyeballs go from this size to, boom, they, they blow up, and he just, he sees me for what I am. I'm full draw, just for me to you like this. Uh-oh. But if I'm on my, I'm laying down like this, and he looks at me, and I mean as quick as he came Two in. Two feet. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, he's that, that far from the end of my arrow. Two feet. And he, it's, he just popped his head through, saw me. The same fluid motion, backed up with his head, turned, and I can't see him. I never killed that elk. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty close. That's, uh, that's super. That's too close. Yeah. Yeah, that was literally too close. Um, I've had one bull that I laid my bow down, three lengths of my bow, and shot that one. And he never knew I was there. And then I had a bow that I laid it, uh, uh, I killed an elk that I laid my bow down. It was four lengths of my bow. I shoot a, a 66 inch recurve. Tell us, tell us so, one of these close. Tell us another one of these. And I, hang on. I had, and then I got one other one where he, there was a young bull on the other side of a huckleberry bush. This is, this is a fun story. But he's feeding on huckleberries. Tell us how you got into the situation. I'm hunting this big, he's a black horn, white tip six point. And he's big mature. Yeah, bull. I got in with that guy. And this this goes back to in my twenties and whatnot. But this is I should have killed this bull. Anyhow, I got in this real thick reprod with this elk and anyhow. I, I, I screwed up on him. I got about ten, twelve real yards. Real thick from reprod him. is 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 like a commercial tree. Um reproduction tree. Reproduction yeah, tree. Yeah. Fur trees, dug fur yeah. trees. The whole landscape is all solid dug fur. Yeah. And uh, they spray them, they thin them. They, it's just like a garden of corn out there, but it's fir trees. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, I got, I, I screwed up on the big bull, and he went down to the bottom of the canyon, and I hiked out and then, and drove around. So they've had a few hours off, and then later in, in the evening, I slip up into there. They're headed for this bench down there, and then I, I go up that evening and get in the thick of them. And like I said, I'm no trophy hunter. I mean, uh, when I'm when I'm getting into the edge of the herd, and the cows are talking, and and then I'm cow calling too a little bit, and I'm slipping in there. Well, here it's uh, he was actually a spike age bull, but 
it's a three-pointer better unit. And he did, he had eye guards, and then he had a bump off his eye guard. I mean, he's legal. And uh, but you had to be you had to be on the other side of a bush to to see how freaking small his third point was. But he's legal. Three points are better. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's standing on on one side. Um, he's he's feeding on the other side of this bush. I got an arrow knocked. I'm kind of in the shadows, and he's more in the brighter sun on that side of the bush. But at one point, I'm watching his mouth. He's he's chewing, and he's looking through the bush at me, <laughs> and I'm hiding behind my bow. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm I'm this close, and they're gonna blow up, and I'm not gonna. I mean, how many times does that happen too? You get in close like that, and yeah. it, it like you said, it's too close. Yeah. Well, I'm like, oh no, oh no, because he stops chewing. He stops chewing, and he looks. He's he, there's no movement from this elk, and he's looking right through the bush at me. It's like it's registering. What is that? And I'm like, oh no, oh great. All of a sudden, starts chewing again. Starts chewing. <laughs> he turns his head, and he walks. Takes about two steps to his left, and I'm like, oh my, I got a shooting lane right there. And I pull back and boom. And I don't. I didn't lay my bow down to check then, but he was on the other side of a bush. I know that. Oh, well, four feet. And the, nobody else knew what happened. So here's all these cows. The big six point, he's, I don't, I can't see him, but the whole herd's going to blast out anyway. So I want to get something. And I'll never forget it. When I hit him, he just, he did the old death charge, crash, takes off. And the cows look at him like, what's wrong with him? And they, they're like, what? Everybody? And then I, I do a couple of cow calls. They just go back to feeding. They just and then they just feed up the hill. They feed pretty fast, don't they? Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, five ten minutes they've moved on up the hill and they're talking back and forth. Then I hear that bull chuckle at his cows and whatnot, and they just work their way up the hill, and they nobody knew what happened. <laughs> and I'm like, I think coast is clear. It's almost dark. I'd like to go out here and look, see if I can recover my arrow or look for blood. And, and I tiptoe out there, and uh, I actually heard his heard a little bit of brush kicking just. Not very far away, 40, 50 yards away. Here's some brush. And it, there was very little blood on that deal. I hit him actually higher than I wanted to hit him. But uh, anyhow, I, I tiptoed down there and recovered the elk right at dark. And the whole herd never knew I was there. And then I got to call my buddies and say, hey, I know where there's a big six point. And he doesn't even. No, they don't. And uh, yeah. they ended up go get, they get, they had a great hunt and they got on him. But but they uh, they didn't get him. But Oh, that was fun to actually see that bull chewing his cut or, you know, chewing and then stop and actually look right at me. You looked right through me, you know. I don't know how I'm going to go mule deer hunting before elk hunting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Holy moly. Wow. This is what it's all about. Those close encounters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Man. I'm always super close to the cows in the three point better and the bulls back there at 70 and, and, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to last long. And, and it never does. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, easier to keep your composure when the, the cows are around you versus a mad bull elk screaming, bugling and ripping it up. And he's five yards from you. Tell us, uh, uh tell us a story about a call in where, uh, when your boys is involved? Mm. Well, I had a, the last bull that we killed together, you know, a couple, just a couple of years ago, we had a bull that, 
Oh, he answered us from up on this ridge, and it sounded like it was a lot further away than than he actually was. It was just maybe the way his head was turned or the wind or whatever. But we ended up working our way getting in there, and I was going to try to set him up for the for the shot, but I happened to be in the front at the moment. And uh, something else I've learned in the last few years, I don't hear as good as I used to. Me either. My boy can hear like I used to be able to hear. Well, guess what? He saved the day. He, you know, I'm I'm wanting to get up there. I'm wanting to have a little better setup, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the moment. I'm, but maybe I'm moving a little too fast. Well, Tanner, and he's done this more than once. Taps me on the shoulder. Dad, 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 dad. Wait, 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 wait. And I'm like, Shh. okay, here we go. <laughs> the elk's right there, and he, he's he's coming in basically already, and uh, we're standing there. We're we're touching each other. We're side by side. I'm up the hill from him just a little bit and just a little bit in front. And uh, here this bull is. He's probably 15, 16 yards. And the fir trees, they got these big boughs that hang down like this. He's on the uphill side of it. So we're looking from under the boughs, looking up. And the bull's trying to look down through those boughs. So he doesn't really see us. And we can actually see the bull pretty good. Well, he's quarter to us so we we don't have a good shot yet and he's so close that he's we i can't call i can't do anything and if and he's he's looking right through us he knows where we are he's got us pegged basically but we both got arrows on the string where bows are both up and i'm hoping he gets the shot but he doesn't he doesn't have as good a shot as i do when the bull does finally move but i finally whisper to him this i know i told tanner i'm like I whisper to him like when he turns, when he starts to turn his head, pull your bow back because he's gonna follow. He's gonna follow his head. He's gonna turn broadside. You know, so don't wait. Don't. Wait. That's that's the trick with all this stuff is knowing when to shoot. You it, know. Oh yeah, Dan, I, you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest hangup is figuring out when to come to full draw. Yeah. I. How many times have you had them close like that, and then? When they decide to go, they turn and they go, and they're out of sight. Yeah, and, and I, it's over. And I think they're not yeah. looking, and I put tension on the string, and they were looking somehow. Like yeah. their, their eyes just back, it's on the side of their head, you know? <laughs> and they, they run so fast. They're gone. And it's like, I just had them at seven yards, and now I have nothing. Yeah. Well, that's happened to all of us. Um, so here's a classic case where this... This is it. You know, he's 15 yards. We're, we're done with, there ain't no tricks now. I mean, I see the elk for what he is, and he's looking right through us. Arrow's on the string. We're ready. We're side by side. And I, I whisper, when he turns his head, pull your bow back. And the elk is just looking through us. And then finally, I, I remember saying, this is the stupidest elk. You know, I, I was just, I don't know. If, <laughs> we're just in the moment, but I whisper to him, we're getting away with it. I'm just like, this is the dumbest elk. I can't believe this. <laughs> and uh, finally, finally, when he did turn his head, well, I mean, here's that big old snout on him. It's turning, the rack's turning, and I just, I pull my bow back, and all of a sudden, there's a there's a shot. Shoulder opens up, boom, and it happens just like that, you know. I shoot, he's out of sight, gone. And uh, I go, did you shoot? Did you go, how come you, how come you didn't shoot? You know, and... Uh, it happened just that quick, but uh, I I hit him right where I was aiming. Right, uh, 
he wasn't full broadside, but I was tight to the shoulder. Foop, and it was a just gripped and ripped it. Good pass through shot. Yeah, same thing. He went out there and coughed. And, and you got to have that skill set. I mean, if if you have to be at full draw for four or five seconds, it wasn't going to happen. Like it, you know what I mean? Like you've got to be able to draw your bow back and hold it when you need to, or you got to be able to just grip it and rip it when you need to. And that's yeah. something I'm learning too as I go here. Yeah, I um, I don't try I. Especially with a recurve, you know, I'd, uh, I don't, I don't pull a bow back even until I got a shot most of the time. Yeah. Um, there was a good bull. C- a couple I've made that mistake. I draw back thinking I'm about to get a shot and then you're stuck at full draw for six, seven seconds. And then what do you got? You have to let down. I mean, there's, yeah. And yeah. then you get busted. Yeah. Or, or risk of crazy shot with a bad release or Yeah. I just, I want to see what I'm going to hit. Hope to hit. So and then what's, pull my bow back. So where did how it must have taken time to get there. Like your son wasn't wasn't ready for that. I've messed that up so many times. Like how did you get to that? I know it's through experience, but what are you thinking uh, on that timing? You know, when you've got a buck or a bull coming in and you know that it's a timing thing. Um you're just picked your spot. I mean, what's going through your mind there? Okay, before I answer that though. Um he, he, my boy didn't do anything wrong. He just no. did, he he didn't have the he didn't have the angle that I had because I talked to him later. I'm like, what yeah. what happened? Why didn't you you know? And uh, and my shot was off, and and he knew it was good. He saw where it hit too, but he didn't. Even though we're touching each other, we're so close that my legs touching him. You know, he didn't quite have the same angle that I had. Um, but also through experience, like having one in close. And having them where they're going to turn, and you have a shot like that quick, that that when you when you do it right, you feel like you're on top of the world, and you feel like I I, yeah. I got this down. But how many times do you do it wrong? And then you're talking to yourself all week long, going, "Oh my gosh, why? How did I screw truth, that right? That's up? the other side. So of it. It, no matter how much experience you get, it's you're going to do it right, and you're going to do it wrong. Yeah. So that's really good. That's a good point. Yeah. But that. That's the whole challenge. But it, if guess. you don't do it, you don't do it. Yeah. And you got to shoot in order to kill something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't be afraid yeah. to screw it up and not shoot. Shoot. Um, and, and I think that in bow hunting, a lot of guys aren't talking. You know, I keep bringing up this tracking and trailing thing um, to find the animals or to find uh, to recover your animals. It's a lost uh, art amongst bow hunting. It used to, like, when I got into bow hunting, which wasn't that long ago, it was like, you need to learn these things. Like, these are important things. Woodsmanship, tracking, trailing, um, reading sign. And now it's just like, it's not talked about as much. And after the shot is what makes or breaks a bow hunter. After the shot's what makes or breaks a bow hunter. For sure. And um, you're doing your best to, to figure out, okay, did I hit what I was aiming for? Was my fletching at a funky angle? Because how many times has that happened? You hit it and you go, I think I, I think the shot was good. I think that, or, or uh, you see the fletching hanging too far back and you go, oh no, I hit him too far back. Right. But no, it was just the angle of the fletching as he's running off. But I, it, I shot a buck and, and I called Bob and I was like, I just shot a buck. But I think, I think it was far back. And he was like, was he broadside? I was like, he was courting hard. He's like, well, that means that it's a good shot. And I was like, oh, I can see the arrow. It's dripping in blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, your mind at the time doesn't, uh, 
it doesn't calculate uh, what's happening as well as as someone who wasn't in the in the situation, you know. Right, and yeah. you're you're replaying it and replaying yeah. it and replaying it, and and uh, anyhow. Yeah, that's awesome. So the bull ended up ended up being a good hit. It was. It was a good hit. Yeah, and uh, that was. Yeah, that was a good time. We we had an easy pack on that one. Probably the easiest pack. It was kind of prairie country, you know. Okay, yeah, and, nice. Uh, and yeah, that one almost didn't seem fair. We could we could get the truck pretty close to that. Well, one. I've really been kind of directing this podcast as we kind of talked about it in the beginning. Um, as elk season's coming, I really have a lot of uh, guys that are living out in the Midwest, in the East Coast, in the South, and. Uh, the Hawaiian Islands. Guys are wanting to come out and hunt elk. And um, I really wanted to put out some podcasts. We just did one with Paul Medell on how to find elk. Um, I wanted to bring on some guys that are real seasoned like yourself. And kind of, and that's why I've been kind of tailoring these questions that are um, to kind of teach guys. Um, it, you know, take a guy that has experience like yourself and try to pull some of that knowledge out and, and share it. Because I think that these are... Um, important lessons for other bow hunters to be to be hearing so i really appreciate your time and you going through these uh, scenarios with me and telling your stories and your stories are the best oh well it's been fun to just sit here and talk about it <laughs> yeah um, so. and so we're gonna we're gonna go uh over to lakeside to the 3d course um and they've got a full round of elk targets there that we go enjoy uh so i'm looking forward to continuing this conversation we're gonna uh, go we're gonna go kill some styrofoam with some real roosevelt horns that's attached to these lifelike 3d 3d targets, targets yeah. yeah they're all it's cool there's cows and calves and rag bulls and big mature bulls and they're all it's not like a generic 3d elk uh, target they're all uh, live like and um, yeah we're gonna go have a bunch of fun there and and we'll get into uh, some more uh some more stuff uh, between me and you. It's going to be awesome. Right on, James. Well, it's good to chat with you. Uh, well, we appreciate it, and uh, good luck to you uh, out there in the Elkwoods this September. You too. You too. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, tradquest.com. Support your local traditional bow hunting organizations. Pick a spot and shoot a big old bull this September. Outside, so I can play the view. Woo-hoo! 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 Woo-hoo!